Thank you for listening to the Bible preaching ministry of Dr. Tim Pollock at the Home Church of Lodi, California. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. Our prayer is that this message from God's Word will renew your heart and mind today.
just sets things in motion near us. I will say this morning that there is no single truth about prayer that is so changed and deepened my own personal connection to God than learning to pray in church. And while I'm on that, I should say, and I want to give honor this morning where honor is due, that it was Pastor Paul Knoll of the Calvary Congregation in Stockton that introduced me to that concept many years ago. Brother Paul was now the Lord. And so, Brother Paul, I thank you. My life is a different life because I learned to pray the scriptures. Last week, I saw my good wife sewing on my pants. I'm not sure what happened. They shrunk a little. But I thought of that when I read the following quote. Cynthia Lewis said, if your day is hemmed in prayer, it is less likely to Thank you. 
passionate moment comes when you learn to pray back the scripture you have. Now, if you are new to praying scripture, then I want to give you some things this morning I think will be a great help to you. I am sure you are eager. I remember when Brother Paul shared with me, I just thought, that just sounds like the greatest thing ever. And so this morning I'm going to give you the foundation and then the formula anybody can follow. I want you to harness this amazing truth in such a way that you will be a prayer warrior. There are four reasons, I believe, that we ought to pray God's Word. First of all, Jesus did. Jesus and many of the great Bible characters prayed God's Word. One thing we can see from Scripture is that God's people prayed Scripture back to God. It was a short time before the crucifixion there in Matthew chapter 23, Jesus is lamenting, as the word is. It just means he was sorrowful. Maybe more accurate to say he was grieving in his spirit. He was grieving over the needy masses that were teeming there in the city of David, the most amazing city in the world, Jerusalem. And in this very important moment, think of this. God's Son was praying to God the Father with the words that God the Holy Spirit wrote. He was praying to God the Father. Look at it in verse 37 of Matthew 23. Oh, there's that great prayer word, oh. That's a word that the Holy Spirit interprets. And if you don't know anything else, just kneel and say, oh. And the Holy Spirit will take it to the heart. Oh. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, city of peace, Shalom, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are set unto thee. How often I would have gathered thee and thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chicken under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say to you, you shall not see me henceforth, and ye shall say, Blessed is he that an interesting prayer, I think you would agree with me. And reading it just like that, our minds might be like, okay, that's kind of different. I'm not sure that I would have prayed that. No, I'm thinking we probably would. And yet when you begin to go through the things that God the Son prayed to God the Father, you'll find that nearly everything he said was scripture. Psalm 57 verse 1. Exodus 19 and verse 4, Psalm 61 and verse 4, Psalm 118 and verse 6. All of the things that Jesus basically said is the scripture. He was crying out. The subject is very prophetic in nature, but basically what he was saying was that his deepest desire would be that these people would accept him both as Messiah and as Savior. Friends, if Jesus, if God the Son prays Scripture, then we need to pray Scripture. Now, when I say we need to remind God of His promises, we need to understand that phrase. Because it is not as though God has forgotten. Unlike our own limited brains, His recollection of the facts is 100% perfect. Job's picky friend, he is 
37, verse 15. God, He is perfect in knowledge. So when we remind God of His promises, we're not saying that He forgot. There are many such things in Scripture where it talks about God in a way that kind of senses like He's like a human. Theologians call this anthropomorphisms, meaning putting God in a way to show that He's like us. But they're simply figures of speech because God, for example, is a spirit. He doesn't have eyes or hands like we would. But so that we can conceptualize what God is doing, God put those in Scripture. And so one of the things that God said was that I remember things. It really means that when we pray back to God, we're not reminding God, we're just affirming to God what His will is. For example, Moses, he was on the mountain with God. God was giving him the amazing Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Things got a little different. Uh, he was up there for probably longer than he maybe would imagine. Things back down the camp were not good. Aaron and the others down there, they just fell off the wagon completely. And it wasn't very long until they made an idol. Can you imagine? I mean, in a few days, a couple of weeks, basically, several weeks, they went from worshiping Jehovah God to bowing down before a brazen calf. Unbelievable, really. Well, at the end of the whole thing, God, of course, watching the whole thing, he was understandably righteously indignant. So, basically, his plan was to just snuff everybody out. He and Moses had a little discussion. So in Exodus chapter 32, Moses asks God to remember his promises. Not as though he had forgotten, but affirming what we know to be true. Verse 30, chapter 32, verse 13. Remember, Abraham, remember. Uh, God doesn't forget. God, I just, I just recall to you, before your eyes, your promises. Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servant, to whom thou swear by thine own self, and said unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. Moses said, If you stuff these people out, you will totally justify it. They are bad. I will agree. But what would become of your promise? God, you are a prayer answering God. You are a truthful God. You are a just God. So, actually, when Moses reminded God of his promise, even though it sounds like God had a different plan, it was really reminding God of his eternal plan. He was just praying according to God's will. Moses knew enough scripture to know what God desired to do. And when we know what God desires to do, then it's a wonderful act of faith to speak it back. So he just speaks it back to the Lord. Time will fail us to speak of others like Daniel who prayed Scripture. David prayed Scripture. Paul, so often in the New Testament, the greatest epistle writer, often quoted the Bible and many times prayed it back to the Lord. John Wesley, founder of the Baptist movement in the 18th century, England, said this. Listen to this amazing quote. The purpose of your praying is not to inform God. No, it is to inform yourself, to fix your wants, 
until you're willing to receive the good things that he's prepared for you. And so when I pray scripture, I am fixing myself. I'm tuning my heart to sing the praises of the Lord and go against it. There are four reasons we should pray God's word because, first of all, Jesus and others did. That's a pretty good count to be eight. Number two, because God is willingly bound by his own word. God is bound by his word in that he has never failed to keep a promise. Now we fail, sometimes unintentionally, many times hopefully unintentionally, but sometimes probably intentionally. But he never made a promise that he didn't keep. When he had prayed something, he made it happen. He never went back on it. In fact, so much so, the writer of the Hebrews said this in chapter 6 and verse 18. It was impossible for God to lie. It's not that God chose not to lie, which he does, but God, it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, since it's impossible for God to lie, we have a strong consolation. We have this amazing confidence going forward. If it's impossible for God to lie, every promise he ever made is absolutely true. If then I can find a promise, if I can pray back to God and act on that promise, then things are going to happen. I mean, it's just going to happen. We find absolutely tremendous confirmation of this in Isaiah 55, verse 11. Here, that great Christ prophet, the Old Testament Christ prophet. In chapter 55, verse 11, he, speaking to the Lord as a word here, so shall my word, my word, my word, it's my word. The Bible is God's word. It's not man's word. Man may have copied it down, but it is God's word. It came out of his mind, it came out of his mouth, and it shall not return to promise you every word I speak goes and hits the mark. It shall accomplish exactly what I fix. Me, you mark it down if I say it, it's going to happen. By praying the scripture, we are then saying amen to God's word. Amen just means so be it or it will be done. I know you're going to accomplish exactly what you say. And so when we pray scripture, we then are saying to God, I know that your word is true. Someone wrote, good afternoon, I am God. Today I'll be helping you handle all your problems. If the devil happens to deliver a situation to you that you cannot handle, do not attempt to resolve it yourself. Kindly put it in the SFJTD box. Something for Jesus to do box. It will be addressed in my time, not your time. And once that matter is placed into the box, do not attempt to remove it. Do not attempt to do anything to it, but just leave it there or else that will just delay the resolution. If it's a situation you think you're capable of handling, please read my word. Then consult me in prayer to be sure that it's the proper assumption. Because I do not sleep or slumber. There is no need for you to lose sleep. Rest, my child. And if you need to contact me, Because God says that Jesus and others did, 
God's inbox, so they hear it. And then when they be traveled that way, we can pray boldly. When we pray scripture, we pray boldly. Now many of our prayers are they're kind of sissy prayers. More like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger would say, purity man prayers. Little too many of those out there anyway. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Look at this great verse. Let us, just so you know, you're one of them us's. Would you raise your hand if you're an us? All right, okay. Let us, everybody, not just pastors, not just missionaries, not just theologians, Bible college teachers, all those people who would know a lot about the Bible. Let us, everybody, therefore, Some of them said, "Bring scriptures is just putting your heart 
your ear rather than God's chest and hearing his heartbeat. Dr. Noboru Kuyashi of many science child research wrote this in a journal about child development in the womb. It's interesting. Listen. It plays into what we're saying. He said babies something up 
target and get it. I want peace in my family's life. I want this blessing for them. Praying the scripture is aimed praying. And if we're not careful, much of our praying is really nothing more than complaining or worrying or bellyaching. Thank the Lord, God is merciful, and He listens to that. But after a while, So they come to the customer service counter and they listen to people. That's how they do it. They spend four minutes telling them what it made them feel like. I was so busy and this took my time and I feel terrible and they start to complain for four minutes and finally the uh, person behind me goes, What do you want? You want money back? You, want you know, well, tell what you want. I mean, it's okay to say, Well, this was unfortunate. But Spend five minutes telling how you felt, and then uh, five seconds for a request. Turn that around. Just say, walk up and say, this didn't work out. Here's my request. That's really what we need to do with God. Just give Him. And that's what praying, give Him our request. That's what praying the scripture does. Rather than just bellyaching all the time, I can take an aimed prayer from the Word of God. I can get something from God. How much better to pray a scripture back to God than simply? Again, thank God He hears our emotion. We're emotional beings, and so sometimes we can't do anything but just cry before the Lord. But folks, you will enhance your prayers amazingly when we pray scripture. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be a great speaker. You don't have to be, you know, someone who knows everything. Because you have a built-in prayer book. It's called the Bible. Have you ever tried to pray for an hour solid? I'll tell you one thing, it's not as easy as it sounds. And some folks just seem like they do it quite easily, not me. I just, my mind is going every way out. My Peter talk my mind. I want something to do. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 40. Jesus took it to his disciples. He found them asleep. He said, Peter, his associates, what? What? Could you not? Seriously, one hour, even one hour, I mean, a few minutes, and you're sleeping instead of praying. Come on. Well, not a few times I've read that scripture, preached or quoted. I will have to admit ashamedly this morning. I'm Peter, and I've looked out so many times. Praying solid for one hour, I'm going to tell you what, that is not easy. If you can do so, Words that just come out of your mind, then it's going to 
with God. That's why I pray the scripture is so powerful. You're never at a loss for words about anything. Ever. Because you have a built-in prayer book called the Word of God. How do we then pray that scripture God? Let me get intentionally practical. Four ways. First of all, find scripture. Find scripture. Two ways. Number one, search the Word. Now, if you're looking to pray on a certain topic, there are at least two websites that I would recommend highly. Every you go to the website, I have a computer, your phone, whatever. The first one is blueletterbible.org. Blueletterbible.org is the best one because it's sound, the commentaries are good, it's improved there. Open Bible, I think.org, openbible.com is also but all you have to do is just type in a subject and you want to pray about in the search column, and you will get a laundry list of scriptures that relate to that. In some cases, a few, in some cases, hundreds. Another way to do it, and I actually, we actually included it for you this morning if you are on the app right now or if you want to get on to it later. There are Bible prayers in the PDF at the bottom of your app there. You just punch that in. I think it's 600 of them or so. One of the best ways I've ever learned to pray back to God is actually pray Bible prayers. When God's people in the Bible pray something to God, it gives you already exactly what to pray. I mean, it's just like, wow. Hundreds of verses that give you exactly what to pray to God about situations. And every situation is covered. There's not one situation that's not covered. It's not in exact fact, certainly in principle. Read over that list slowly. Then, if you're looking at a topic, just read, print out those verses, and then just read the verse, read the verse, read the verse. And then one just like, ooh, that's like that. Then go to that chapter of where that verse is. Read a few verses before the verse. Read a few verses after. Four and a half, it's more navigated to be said. Four and a half, that's a great way to interpret the Bible. Let's say, for example, you want peace. Let me give you a verse that recently had been in Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 11. Here's how I pray. So, let the meek shall inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Now, that's not actually a Bible prayer, but I can make it a Bible prayer. Because it's obvious that God wants to bring an abundance of
cryptic for 5,000 planets in a circle that look like apples or something, you know, like somebody's uh, allegory preachers want to tell you. They find a little more of the historical studies. Not only the interpretation, be sure that we are applying it, the application. How do you use it? James said it really does no good if you're only a hearer, not a doer. Am I willing to do this, or can it and how it can be done in the light of that I'm praying for? And then finally, supplication. How should I pray? How should I actually pray this? Let me give you a sample of a Bible prayer. Psalm 36, verse 11. Here is an actual Bible prayer. In fact, many times when the Bible says, let not the, meaning that's a prayer, let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. Oh God, don't let my, the enemies come against me at work. Oh God, let me do what your word is. And then observe the word. Not only should we search the word, but we should observe This is the best way for me. So whatever plan of private devotions you have, some people read through the Bible in a year, some people read through a chapter, just keep going over it until they feel like they've really got it down, I mean, a, a book of the Bible. Others just give them a chapter. So let's imagine that you're going through a book in the Bible. You're just taking your time.
So then that becomes the focal point of your day. Put it in your car dashboard. Put it wherever you open up a lock. On your refrigerator door, right? Okay. Wherever you go, a lock. For some of you, that's your mirror. Above the kitchen sink. On the walls of the home. And that's not very spiritual. Deuteronomy 6, verse 9. Thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Do them a lot of door-to-door work. And you always know a Jewish home because you come up to them on the doorpost. They have a little, I don't know what they call it there. It's the little Jewish symbol. It's a Hebrew letters or some scripture. Put it on the doors. Put it everywhere. Find the scripture. Write it down. Put it somewhere so you can see it. Number three, speak the scripture. Now, okay, so we have found it. Written down, something's God from the Spirit. Now you speak it. Now for me, thank God, God hears silent prayer. And many times, silent prayer is the best way, it's the most appropriate. I don't think when we're next to our boss, oh God, bless my crazy boss right now. We don't want to do that. Especially if you work here at the church. Seems 
for example, we can pray scripture for salvation. Now God, of course, doesn't save people as they deceiving. He doesn't barge in and say, well, you're going to be saved whether he wants to or not. But it's his will that they be saved. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved? He wills it. Sadly, not the will of God has always been. Now, his overarching purpose is always accomplished, but he wills that every man comes to a knowledge of the truth. And so I pray for a lost person. I can say, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you that you desire that all men will be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And there are some people that we might think of, oh, my goodness, Lord, I don't even like say, oh God, oh Lord, I pray for your mercy that they would come to a knowledge of the truth. Ah, I can pray for that. There are some politicians I can pray that prayer. Oh God, bring them to a knowledge of the truth. Oh God, bring them to a knowledge of the truth. If you would have all men to come to a knowledge of the truth, I can pray that prayer. And that's a that's a prayer for salvation for somebody. And I ask God that you would do that. We can pray for the church to grow. Two, verse 47. And the Lord added to the church. And the Lord added to the church. And the Lord added to the church. The Lord adds unto the church. The Lord adds unto the church. Those that should be or would be saved. Those that are willing to receive him. Oh God, I pray that he would grow our church. Grow it. God, I pray that you will save the lost. We can pray for marriages. Ephesians chapter 5.
He came upon a, a bar that was there, he talked to the bartender, asked if his two daughters would he allow his two daughters to come to Sunday school. The old crusty bartender said, Well, preacher, I don't know. We have an atheist club that meets here on Thursday night, and I really don't move to offend them. They do paying customers. But it's going to tell you what I will do. You come on down here on Thursday night to that atheist club. You have a discussion with them. If you win, then you can take my daughters to Sunday school. He said, You're wrong, I'll do it. And so Mr. Moody went out. He found a young man by the name of Tommy. Tommy was well known to be one of the Christian young men known as a great prayer warrior. He had some disabilities. Tommy, I need you Thursday night. I need you to come with me. We're going to go to the bar. And I'm going to talk with these men. And I need you to pray. And so that's what they did. They went to the bar Thursday night. Walked in. Atheist club. Men were everywhere. Sitting on cakes of beer. Sitting on the counter. Sitting on the table. Drinking. I mean, they were just all there. Laughing. So they were really ready for so he stood up and said, well, gentlemen, he said, I said, before we start, just to let you know, we never have a meeting. I never have a meeting unless we start with that. If you wouldn't mind, I'd like to have a word with us. They figured, whatever. So he said, Tommy, I want you to pray. So he put Tommy up on top of a beer barrel. The story goes, Tommy began to pray. And the sincerity of this young man's We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.